Hi, and welcome to Integrative Cancer Solutions with Dr. Carl Felt. A cancer diagnosis is one of the hardest slap in the face imaginable. All of a sudden, you have to become an expert in cancer and its treatments because your life depends on it. Oncologists, family and friends are pushing you towards chemo, radiation, surgery, and yet you feel there are additional solutions out there. You don't feel confident in that only traditional therapies will take care of it. You may, as I have, seen family or friends quickly go downhill from harsh medical treatments. There is a better way. I invite you to listen to stories from real people fighting cancer successfully through powerful, integrative, and holistic methods. Learn what they did. This is my gift to you to make the learning curve less steep after your diagnosis. The information this podcast could save your life as it has others. I'm really excited to be sitting here chatting with you today. Dr. Nathan Goodyear, I'm so excited to have you on my podcast, Integrative Cancer Solution with Dr. Carl Felt. Uh, I know we have some incredible discussions ahead and uh, it's going to be, you know, all, all you guys, you're going to be in for a ride for uh, these next number of minutes. Yeah. Well, it's my honor to be on your show. Yeah, so um, we, I do a lot of integrative oncology. Yeah, yeah, both of us do a tremendous amount of in integrative oncology. Tell me a little bit about yourself. I mean, what, yeah. what, what your background is, because that, I mean, obviously that is your focus as well. Yeah, so I'm the medical director at Brio Medical in the beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona, in the Valley of the Sun. And uh, I also am the, have a podcast practicing with Dr. Nathan Goodyear. So the goals of what we both do and where we are at Brio is to actually focus on the healing properties that the body is born with. I mean, we, we, we don't want to go to war on cancer because when you do that, you go to war on the body and the collateral damage that we get from that is, is incredible. But actually, as I often say, Michael, is that the root word of physician in Hebrew, rafe means actually healer. So we as physicians, our job is, is not to prescribe a drug. It's not to be a cutter. In fact, Hippocrates talks about not mutilating it. We're healers, but I don't know too many doctors that would raise, raise their hands and say, ah, that's me, but that's what we are. So in that I admire, and that's how we connected yesterday at, at this conference that we're at in beautiful San Diego was we just sat down and just started talking and, and found the, you know, the kind of agreement and philosophy about everything that we were doing, not just from a, a perspective of helping patients, but, but also in a perspective of trying to grow the number of practitioners that are open to this idea. And, uh, you know, I think that's probably why you did the start of the podcast or on the TV show. That's why I started the podcast. And, and that's why I write. It's because the word doctor in Latin also means teacher. And so we, we want to teach. And, and, and that's the thing is that it's about empowerment of the patient and you're absolutely right. I mean, we, a patient gets cancer and the focus becomes the cancer. They don't recognize that the cancer exists in an environment. So now we start to go to war in an environment. And I mean, we do have then more healthy cells and cancer cells. So why not promote the health of those cells? And the, I, I think there, the issue is, I mean, cancer is becoming more and more, I mean, it is truly a pandemic and I'm seeing it actually escalating. 
So it, it is a subject that needs to be discussed. It is a subject where we need to collaborate as doctors. Uh, it is a subject also where I feel that patients, they need our help. I mean, they, they come into this and, and it's almost like, you know, when you, you see cancer out there and you're just grateful that it's not happening to me. And so you're, you're not preparing yourself, you're not living a lifestyle uh, to minimize the risk of cancer because it's, it's almost like death, you know, you don't want to talk about it. So it is, it is important that we, we evolve the preventative measures, but then also look at what are all the tools that are out there uh, that a person can then utilize. I mean, right now medically, and, and I'm not bashing on any kind of medical treatments in any way, but uh, it is obviously not enough. You know, what, what is out there is just not enough. They, they've had their run for you know, many, many decades. They've had billions of dollars spent on cancer research, and we're not that much closer. You know, it, it really, uh, so we need to involve in other discussions, and, and that's why I think you know, these kind of discussions becomes really important uh, as to how we can, you know, we don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater saying that all of that is bad, you know, but we do want to make sure that we include other, other things. And that's why integrative oncology becomes such a powerful uh, tool. And uh, so, so I'm, I'm curious a little bit as to where do you see integrative oncology moving? I mean, I, 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 rem I remember back, uh, let's say, what was this? Yeah, for instance, I had a cancer patient back in the mid '90s. Yeah, he's dealing with with you know pancreatic and also in the liver, and I just did some dietary changes on him. Yeah, you know, some mm -hmm. supplements, yeah. and and there wasn't that many tools that are available, but I was able to then I was able to <laughs> turn that around. You know, yeah. without any kind of medical intervention whatsoever, and it all disappeared. Uh, but now I'm seeing just because of the, the I, I'm betting it's because there's more stressors, we're dealing with more you know, electrosmog, we're dealing with more toxins, we're dealing with more you know, fast-paced life. We have to, it's, it's almost like disease is escalating in how it's presenting ourselves. So we need to escalate in our game and do, you know, be more extensive in, in how we address things. So where, where do you see integrative oncology now versus how it used to be? You know, it's really, it's so interesting, our past crossing here, because, you know, we think so alike. You're talking about going to war on cancer, and I, I talk a lot about that as well. You know, Nixon first declared war on cancer in 1971. So, you know, my math may not be exact here, but that's over 50 years. And it's so, and where and what do we have as a byproduct of that? Well, according to 2020 data 2018, from 2018, we have more people being diagnosed with cancer than ever before, mm -hmm. and we have more people dying from cancer than ever before. So, you know, it is a strategy, it is a war that has been perpetual, and it is a war that now just really feeds itself. And the people that I think that are getting left out in the cold it's not the industries, it's, it's, it's not the doctors, the medical communities, the, the regulatory boards, it's the patients. They're the ones that are getting left out. And you know, I talk about this study a lot, there's what's called the Prospective Urban Rural Epidemiology Study from 2019 published in Lancet. And what they, they showed is that, wow, in high income countries, cancer is the number one cause 
of mortality in adults. So clearly this, this path that we've been on, this war that we've been on, I think you're correct in calling this a pandemic. It absolutely is a pandemic and it is absolutely getting worse. But I think us going to war on the cancer is going to war on the body is the wrong approach. So, and we were talking about this at lunch yesterday, is that as integrative practitioners in cancer, we don't have to be afraid of the evidence. We simply let it lead the way. Because I think being in the evidence actually provides a more natural, holistic, and integrative approach. Like you said, throwing the baby out with the bathwater is not the right approach. If you break a hip, nobody, or nobody should, tell you to go take more vitamin D and your hip's going to be fine. It would be, oh, we need to surgically repair that hip and then we need to help that healing be more rapid and more complete. An integrative, natural, holistic, these therapies, it's the future. So I think that's where we're going, but it's an evidence-based future. Not an evidence-based, I think that's just a term that's thrown up on the wall, but actually a scientific evidence base, a restoration of medicine back to its origin of using the science to guide the healing. That's why these meetings like this that we're at, where we see each other, where we meet and we collaborate, great things come out of this, really great things. So I think there's actually a bright future, but I think there has to be a paradigm shift in what we do. What I mean, how do you see that? Do you see that differently? And, and you know, because what I like to do is connect the dots from the past, because that helps us to know where we're going. How, how do you see the future going, Michael? I think it's really, I mean, it's been really cool kind of watching integrative oncology, uh, how it's evolving the last number of years. I mean, there's so many more tools that I'm mm-hmm. seeing that we're, we're getting that I'm able to bring in at, at my center. And, and like, you know, when I was talking to you yesterday, and things that uh, you just recently kind of incorporated into what, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I and I think uh, because there are so many of us out there, I mean, because the, the reason <laughs> I started in just plain naturopathy and I was just kind of helping patients, but I see the frustration with patients, you know, coming with no solutions in regards to cancer. You know, and, and I think that is, as a practitioner, seeing that frustration, because you didn't start with oncology, right? No, I sure did no, not. Exactly. So it, it's seeing that frustration. Sometimes it's a personal frustration, something you're, you're dealing with yourself or a close family member, and you, you realize that this can't, you know, we got to do something. We got to figure something out. And I see now, I mean, the amount of doctors, you know, like us that are in the integrative space, you know, it's just becoming more and more of us because we recognize that the solutions really aren't out there. So we have to take it upon ourselves and to collaborate and come together to share information and to really you know, bring the game you know, to a higher level. And, and one of the issues is that, you know, and we're talking about the war again, you know, war on cancer and the war, war is the absolutely worst word you can use absolutely. because now you're negating the innate intelligence that exists within the body. You know, the, the, the healing, the best doctor that we got and that is our own body. And so if we're going then to war on our own body, we are now neutralizing the best doctor we got. Hmm. So, so the well, key so. is then to be able to recognize you know what the body is able to do and how to turn that on and then to look at 
what went awry? I mean, why did the body all of a sudden go in the wrong direction? And uh, I mean, we medically, the, I mean, all that genetic research, you know, that's been going on saying that cancer is just a genetic disease. You know, we are recognizing that, you know, that path. I mean, we gained a huge amount of information there, so got me, don't get me wrong, but just thinking that it's a genetic disease, it just, it, it just didn't work. I mean, so what, what do you feel, I mean, your mind, I mean, what is cancer? How would you define cancer to a patient that comes to you? You know, it's really interesting. It's it's because in my mind, it's like we're brothers. Because in my mind, my mind was going one direction, and then you say, "Well, what do you think?" You know, it's it's interesting how you know because you can only go to war on cancer, right? If the enemy is cancer. Well, what a lot of people, what I tell people jokingly, because they recognize it, but then they laugh, and then it kind of diffuses a situation about the discussion about cancer is that, you know, this is not some bad Sigourney Weaver alien movie that's implanted in them. These are their cells. Now, they are a very abnormal form of their cells, but they are their cells nonetheless, and they basically take on a life of their own at the detriment of the host, that's their body. So, you know, from, from what cancer is beyond this, you know, alien 58 or whatever, um, is, it, I look at it as a, a cell and a group of cells that are adapting to an inhospitable environment. That could be inhospitable because of what they inherited epigenetically from their parents, what they've been exposed to, you know, in their early life, or you know, research shows that the more accumulation of viral illnesses a child has, the higher risk of lymphomas that they get, leukemias that they get. We know that there are at least eight oncovirus, and I would propose that there's now nine. And, and so we just have this accumulating soup of just an unhealthy environment. And everybody talks about the home being the most unhealthy, you know, the most important environment, but they forget about this. And so it's, it's cells that in the early adaption phase to a stressor, a, a, a toxin, or a, again, it's going to be a group of things, they adapt to survive. And then short term, that's very, very good. We need ourselves to survive. But in the long term, that adaptation becomes something different. It becomes something different that we call cancer where then genomically, epigenomically, transcriptomically, proteomically, whateveromically, all these adaptations start to occur and what became a survival benefit now has become a detriment of survival to the host. So th that's the way I look at it. I think we're, you know, we're still evolving in our understanding and that's why collaboration is so important, you know. So from my perspective, I think doctors coming together to bridge and doctors not basically destroying each other is so important for the future of really the advancements that I think we both want for all patients because I don't think we're short on patients with cancer. I mean, like you said, do you, you see this process getting worse, right? I mean, you see cancer, because I do, sure, and I'm sure you see it in these patients where, you know, they have cancer, they may be in remission, and then something happens and all of a sudden it takes off and now it becomes a very different, if you will, animal. And in many ways it's not, it's not treatable. But, you know, so you asked me what I thought about what cancer is. I'm curious, what, what do you think 
yeah, cancer I, is. Yeah, and, and, and I, I agree with you. I agree with you tremendously. I, I look upon cancer as the body's, body's survival mechanism. I mean, it, it is, it, it's like the cells feel like we didn't take care of them well mm. enough. Mm. We didn't support them well enough. We didn't give them the oxygen. We didn't give them the light. We didn't give them nutrients. You know, we were holding out to stress and the cells were saying, well, I can't survive under this kind of condition. So I need to figure out another way. So I'm separating myself from how, you know, how the rest of the body is doing, you know, because the rest of the body is not taking care of me. So I'm going to go my own path. And you know, I'm going to figure out different kind of signals that I'm sending in order to be able to continue to exist. Right. So, so that that's kind of where I look, where cancer is. Sometimes, obviously, cancer just kind of takes off, and in order to be able to control it, then then you need to use stronger measures to kind of beat it down a little bit while you're then supporting the rest of the body. I mean, we look at cancer, I, I mean, genetic, I just feel is a symptom of what is going on. You know, it, it is not the cause. I think, you know, just like you're talking about, there are all these different viruses, all these different, you know, things that are then impacting our genetic that is then shifting then to make the cancer or make the cell then cancerous. And we are looking more and more in it being a metabolic disease, you know, looking at, you know, the mitochondria is becoming dysfunctional and the mitochondria is the one that then controls the cell death switch and it's a mitochondria that, you know, controls the repair of the, uh, of the genetics. So we got to focus more on the mitochondria. And I think that is a huge step, but I, I, I feel, I mean, I haven't solved cancer, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's I was hoping you were, that's, exactly. that's what you were fixing to put on the exactly. table right Just here. Check, fix cancer, and right. we're, let's move on. <laughs> Done here. Yeah, exactly, I'm glad we had this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so, so that, I think that is the next step in our evolution of understanding of cancer. We're looking on it, on it metabolically and we're looking at, you know, the survival mechanism. We're looking at the cancer cell then moving into kind of an earlier form of uh, evolution, you know, that, that existed before, you know, the mitochondria came into play, you know, and so we're looking at those things and by understanding those things, you know, what kind of interventions can we bring in to maybe shift that cell back into a normal function? You know, we, we have, you know, doc, like Dr. Royal Rife in the past, you know, he was looking at cancer cells you know, under a microscope and he was seeing, you know, with different frequencies, he could shift the cancer cells to normal cells. So, and, and that is the thing, it, it's, it's such a, we look upon thing as so the world's so physical, but it, it, at the end of the day, it isn't that physical. And if we apply the right strategies, maybe we can then shift what we consider the enemy, the cancer, into something that is then you know, normal and helpful. I mean, well, now now you're just talking crazy talk. So because <laughs> see, what you're actually talking about is cells healing. I mean, that's what you're talking about in, in terms of cancer. And, and, and I, I think that is absolutely correct. The, the last 50 years of war is a paradigm that has failed. And I think moving forward, what is needed is not just a new paradigm, but a new way of thinking. And that can only occur if physicians 
build bridges, right? If we build bridges, if we collaborate together and we work together, because last time I checked, I don't think there's any shortage of patients with cancer, unfortunately. And what I see also a lot is where doctors go, oh, this is my, you know, this is my proprietary treatment. It's like, no, you learned this from somebody else. So proprietary is just something that is, it's just a word. Our job is to help patients. And I think that the future, not just in a different way of thinking, but I think it's a different way of doctors working together for the betterment of the patient. I think that's what we're going to see. And I think that's going to help us to reach that solution that you're talking about there is that we doctors have to bridge together. And, and when you look at the conventional world, because, you know, I'm born out of the conventional world. And then you look at the natural world. They're like two 10 year olds on a playground yelling insults at each other. And they don't understand that they are on the same team. They're helping patients and they need to work together. So, you know, one of the things I think we need to focus on, and that's where when we were talking yesterday at lunch was, oh my gosh, we need more bridges. We don't need to destroy bridges. We need to build more bridges. And I think that's why, you know, your podcast is so successful. I think that's, you know, why, that's why I'm doing the podcast is to, is to build these bridges because that's going to be where, oh, look what I did over here. And you go, wow, how'd you, look at that. Look at those studies that support that. Let's, how do we integrate that here? Because it's not that all of a sudden every clinic's going to be overwhelmed and one clinic's not going to have enough patients. But that's not even the focus, right? The focus is the patient. So, you know, what I wonder is how do we build more bridges amongst doctors? How do we stop with the mudslinging? How, how do we, how do we stop with the name calling? And this could be natural to natural. This could be conventional to conventional, conventional to natural. How do we do that? Because you know, last time I checked, we doctors do have this thing called pride. So how, how do we do this? Because, you know, you've been around just a little bit longer than myself, and you've seen more of this than I have. We're not that far from each other in age, but how do we do that? How, you know, do you have some wisdom there? I think the key is uh, these mastermind groups. I mean, when any time... It, you know, one plus one never equals two. You know, it, it equals ten. It equals twenty. It equals and 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 it is important. Yes, when we meet, I mean, it doesn't mean that I have to incorporate everything that another individual is doing. Yeah, and I don't have to lose my identity as a doctor just because we are then communicating. Yeah, you know, there, like you're saying, there shouldn't be any kind of trade secrets. You know, it, it really, at the end of the day, you know. If the, the patient just want to be able to get better care, and if there are lots of us that are able to, to provide that better care, people are then going, you know, the patients are then going to have trust in that doctor. And they, they love, you know, doctors that are collaborating, doctors that are functioning within a network, you know, where the best of the best is brought in. Uh, patients love that. And they, they deserve that. And we shouldn't as doctors and just look at, I mean, yes, we got overhead. Yes, we got to pay you know, our staff. Yes, we got to do all of this. I just think that by bringing the best possible care to the patient, all of that is going to solve on its own. And so we have to, as doctors, we have to let go of the fear you know, because we, we always want to, doctors, we always want to bring in the, you know, I was the one that brought that to the market, or I wrote that book, or I, 
you know, this is uh, my mark on whatever, yeah. yeah. And yes, that is, that's cool to be able to do that. At the end of the day, it doesn't mean much you know, if we are not working together for the betterment of the patient. So I think we just have to shift our focus and recognize that you know, the little toy that I have you know, that may be helpful in this little area is not enough. And if I just hold on to my little territory, then my territory is never going to get bigger. And so we, we need to kind of step out of that and just be, be willing, like you're saying, swallow our pride. We need to let go of, you know, uh, being able to tell patients that I know how to do this, you know, and, you know, I'm the only one knowing how to do this. We need to let go of that and just kind of, yes, I can do this. That doctor over there, he's awesome. He can also do this. And that doctor over there is credible. Yeah, any which way that you go, you're, you're going to be a winner. Uh, we, we are working together and to make sure that you get the best possible care. And I think it's just that shift in mindset, being willing to come together, having mastermind groups together, yeah. just like these kind of conferences. I think that is the key. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's great at this particular conference because there's more of that collaboration. And it's really, I think it, it's a spirit. It's 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 a different way of looking at what we are doing, and you know, for me, when a, when a patient comes to us at Brio, if they go home to say Idaho, I you know I welcome say please, please go <laughs> because you know now you've got somebody that is going to tangibly be able to do great work. Yeah, there may be some different things that they provide, but those may be great healing things, uh, additional benefits. So this this idea of cancer being solved by one thing, by one person, and then you talked about you know providing that one thought, that book, et cetera. I didn't go into medicine because of that. I went in medicine to serve people, to help patients. And and that's why I went into medicine. And and so I think we need more of that in medicine. And I think that and patients are demanding that, by the way, because patients are the tip of the spear and demanding more of that of us as physicians and, and approaching it the way you know you are approaching it, the way I'm approaching it. And so many here are approaching, which is just saying, let's work together, guys. Let's work together because none of us, unfortunately, are going to be short on people with cancer. It is a growing issue. And uh, we just got to, you know, we got to build on what's being started here and, and basically pass this on to the next generation of doctors. Because if not, you know, th- this will be lost. Yes, I see cancer kind of like a, a train that's just taken off and the train is just is going faster and faster and faster. And, and I think just one person's effort is not going to be able to keep up with the pace that that train is going in. And so we have to have that collaborative energy in order to be able to have to let go of who we are and just collaborate and with you know united effort and energy that is the only way I think we're able to catch up and and be ahead of the game yeah so yeah I yeah. agree and that's well said I mean just well said but you know it's going to take more of what we're doing to to grow but I I really think we're at the beginning phases of that and and this is what I think will help to, you know, maybe keep that train from derailing further, because unfortunately, I do think we're seeing more 
of a horizon of cancer than what we ever could imagined. I'm a little, uh, I don't want to say I'm fearful, but I'm concerned about what the next 20 years at least are going to bring, you know, with the epigenetic transgenerational inheritance, all the issues that we, we see coming, we have to double our efforts uh, and we have to really work together and put that patient right in the middle of our collective focus. And I think that's really not, not to remove our independence, but to actually work together as a team. You know, I played football. And so as an offensive lineman, four of those offensive linemen could have blocked perfectly and one missed it and the quarterback gets just destroyed. So it takes all of us together working as a unit, each individually in its part, but collectively together as a team. And then that's how we score those victories of healing. That, that, that's it. And so, you know, I was thrilled when we met yesterday and I know you and I can just talk forever because, you know, like you said, you were talking earlier and my mind was already right where you were. <laughs> so, um, you know, we probably ought to close this out and go into the conference and collaborate and learn some more. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, th this has been great. Yeah. It's been really great. Thank you so much for, yeah. for doing this. This, this. this is what's fun. Yeah. yeah. This because then. You know, it, it spurs, you know, like we were talking yesterday, you know, conversations spurs, you know, uh, well, I want to, you know, that'd be a cool thing to bring into my clinic. And then, oh, uh, then I know that this doctor is doing that and I don't have the effort to kind of do everything. Then then I know that a patient needs that. Then I can send that patient over there because that, that's care that's available over there. And that doctor's doing a great job over there. So here you go. Just like you know, a chiropractor, you know, sends somebody to a massage therapist or massage therapist sends somebody to Reiki practitioner or to, you know, that's just, we, we have our specialties. Yeah. And when we know what a, just recognizing what a patient need, then we know what is available and we're able to send them to the appropriate individual. Yeah. Yeah. Thank well, you. Well, Michael, pleasure. This has been pleasure. awesome. That Thank it you. has. Yeah. I look forward to maybe some collaboration in the future. Let's do it. All right. That yes. sounds great. That Thank sounds great. The information this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or treat any disease. If you'd like to know more about what my center offers, please visit thecarlfeldcenter.com. Please join us next week for another live consultation with a patient diagnosed with cancer on Integrative Cancer Solutions with Dr. Carl Feldt.